Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to the Discus Lariat Collective Podcast with your hosts, Warren, Daryl, and Glenn. It's a great podcast. Check it out. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. crack everybody yeah listen to the discus larry collective podcast on the house warrant here with daryl today and we are going to do a second episode of under the black hair an aptly dubbed series but yeah daryl there uh, quite a little nod to jay orbo yeah basically he asked me questions from my opinions or thoughts on particular topics revolving around the wrestling business so i'll just throw straight over to daryl now he can get started yeah, I'm going to go over a couple of questions here. Six. Uh, one was actually just what we were talking before this. Um, I added that in. But uh, the first question I'm going to ask you, NXT, the press conference, something different? Um, I know you didn't get to see a whole lot of it, but just your idea, your thoughts on kind of WWE bringing that kind of into the into the scene now, very similar to MMA and stuff like that. Do you think it's good? Do you think that the main roster will start kind of delving into that as well? Uh, I think it's a great idea to be honest with you. I think it's savage. Um, I remember years ago they used to touch on stuff like that around WrestleMania week with um, just before say access and stuff. They'd have I remember WrestleMania 17 they did it. They had Austin and Rock either side of Vince McMahon on like a podium thing, but they never really went press conference. They kind of they didn't go full press conference like they did with NXT. I think it's a deadly idea because everyone kind of gets some time on the mic. Um, you're almost it's almost like pleading the case if you're a good guy with fans. And then getting some extra heat if you're a bad guy, um, like playing the heel and stuff. I think it's a deadly idea. Um, I think we will see the main roster do it. Um, I hope they don't just use it for like, what would you say? Like say WrestleMania 40 or something. And they get everyone up on the stage. Nah, you don't need that. Get your three main title matches, your competitors on the stage, and then do it for every kind of big event, the big four events I'd love to see it for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd, yeah, it'd be really good going into your, your top events, yeah, yeah, makes it gives us that bit more realism or that's it. Yeah. You want to kind of makes it feel it. important, like yeah, it brings a bit more light onto the, the titles if they if they do it the way you you said, yeah, yeah. Um, second question I'm gonna go with is um the Montreal Screwjob. I know everybody's heard about and blah blah blah, but that kind of aside, if that hadn't have happened, and even if it had happened, but Bret Hart had stayed in the WWE, and hmm. um, do you think his career still would have went down the long the lines of say Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Undertaker? Do you still think he would have been relevant for so long? That's a great question, actually. Um, well, that's actually so hard to think of as well because of he he was basically yeah at, at your prime as a singles wrestler he was when he left WWE and then he didn't have the best of run in WCW and then he ended up suffering a stroke and stuff like that so it was a bit unfortunate and I don't know if he still blames Goldberg or what but uh, he got that he kick doesn't to the know. head he, no. he knows it wasn't his, his fault yeah. I was actually only listening to it today so that's all right like, yeah. look, accidents happen and stuff like that yeah but. it's pro wrestling at the end of the day but um, I think yeah. I, I'd say he would have been relevant I think he would have packed it in um 
because I don't know what it is. Even when he went to WCW, he felt like he didn't move as, as kind of crisply or something. I don't know if it was, I don't know what the story happened. It, it feels like two different people, really, when you watch him WCW, I feel like when he first joined Savage. Um, obviously, booking wise wasn't ideal, but I mean, he had a great match with, say, Ben Waugh, I remember, um, for like an Owen Hart tribute. That was there, yeah. stuff like that. Like, he did have some good matches, but I mean, I feel he, I don't think he would have kept up the level that he kept up. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he would have fizzled out a bit more, like faster than the likes of Shawn Michaels or a Triple H or an Undertaker. Um, obviously, Undertaker had a lot to rely on with the character. He didn't really even have to be in ring half the time, so that's pretty good. Uh, Michaels always felt like he was in peak physical condition. I know Brett was, but Brett was always kind of a bit bigger than Michaels, um, build wise, and then. Triple H was younger than the both of them. So I feel like, yeah, he would have kind of fizzled out, but he would have he would have kept that celebrity status in terms of like top draw and all for quite some time, especially when you look at nowadays, guys. They're all kind of smaller. So I feel like, yeah, I, I think he would have actually had a, a decent run in WWE. If the screw job, say, if he had a stead after the screw job, I honestly can't even think, I can't imagine it, to be honest. Um, because if someone did that to you, you you'd want to be wash your hands of them, really, wouldn't you? So yeah, I can't imagine him staying after screw job. But if screw job didn't happen, I imagine him say staying, having a good long run. And uh, yeah, I can't even imagine him jumping to WCW if the screw job hadn't happened. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. just crazy toss the storylines and everything that could have yeah. progressed and where the business could have been if he actually stayed. Yeah. yeah. Um, next question is going to dip into the Hall of Fame now that it's happened. Um, part of the NWO. Well, we just want to ask you. Um, who, if you were to name people from the NWO, who would you name? Like, like just name them or just like put them in the Yeah, like I just feel like that NWO with Sean Waltman being a part of the NWO. Yeah. Like Hall of Fame. Um, do you think he deserves to be kind of in it? Because I know you might not have watched a lot of WCW, but when you look at the NWO, you always refer to Hogan, Scott Hall and um, Kevin Nash. But like, if you were to name a fort, like it, it wouldn't have been to me. It wouldn't have been Sean Watt. Like it's not like I would have been thinking Scott Steiner, Buff Bagwell, uh, Stevie Ray, Virgil. Even some Wolfpack guys. You could even kind of push Sting up there as well if you wanted to go full, like Wolfpack. Yeah, guys. like you had Luger, Conan. Like yeah, yeah. I I think the reason why. Um, Sean Waltman or X-Pac or Six whatever you want to call him I think the reason why he got in there was mainly what he did as a whole I think as well They, although yeah he was in the and he got inducted with NWO and he got inducted with DX say a few years ago I feel like it was almost like he took his whole career into account to give him it do you know what I mean I feel like with NWO he was great obviously as a cruiserweight he had some savage matches and stuff with WCW but I feel they were looking at um, say the 2002 run of NWO as well where um, it was like him, Big Show, Booker T, Shawn Michaels. It was a real weird kind of group after uh, Hogan leaves. So I feel like they were taking that into consideration as well because then technically he would have had the longest tenure, I think. Um, I, In fairness, I wouldn't have put any of them in. I would have put just the original three boys in. That's the way I, w- I look at it. Yeah. Um, I don't see... like Obviously, as you said, Steiner had a, like a really strong run in it. Um, basically as an enforcer almost. Um, what you call him Buff Bagwell was there for ages as well uh, what's his name Scott Norton as well he kind of branched off to do the Japan version of NWO as well in New Japan which is pretty big yeah. for New Japan in terms of having a foreigner come over and bring that the whole the biggest thing in, in the western wrestling like, uh, scene the NWO over there so 
I suppose you have a, a kind of a fight for him as well, funny enough. But uh, no, I'd say induct just the three boys, uh, Xbox going in as uh, uh, like on his own anyway, I'd say in a few years' time, as well as the X he's already went in with. So I would have just inducted the three. Yeah. yeah, it's just mad to think that he, like, maybe in another couple of years, like, he's probably going to be, what, three Hall of Fame rings? He's probably going to have the most Hall of Fame rings. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, three. And then i seen someone take it's a just there, like, I'll throw in X Factor as well, induct them, him and Albert. <laughs> they have four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Uh, I'm going to keep on, I'm going to stay with the Hall of Fame as well, and I know we've touched on it a little bit before as well, but... um just with the Warrior Award and stuff like that. And I know we've had two classes now last year and this year. Um, but Chad Gaspar, Chad Gaspar, uh, like, do you feel, how do you feel about that, him not getting, like, any kind of recognition into the either year? Yeah, yeah, I think that was a, a bit mad. I thought he was a shoe-in for it, to be honest. Um, like, there is no great a sacrifice, I suppose, in giving your life to someone, let alone your own son stuff like that, do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, how he died was tragic out of our boat. I think when you look at recipients of the Warrior Award, I think if you take out the, like, the award itself for what it does, for, like, perseverance, for sacrifice, for this, that, you know, it's a great award associated with the completely wrong person, I think. Do you know what I mean? Ultimate Warrior was never the most selfless person. Do you know I mean? Although he's dead now and all, it's, it's upsetting, but he was... Like they always say that story, they always say that story about where he basically held up Vince McMahon and wanted to shake him down for more money in his contract. Do you know what I mean? Um, in terms of what he was for most of his life, he was a bit of an arsehole. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like the Warrior Award itself is a bit, the lines were a bit blurred there. So I feel Shad definitely should have been inducted, whether it was as just like a normal Hall of Famer, as a legacy award, or as the Warrior Award would have been perfect for it. But, um, I think it was very weird, especially obviously Titus O'Neill does a lot of stuff for charities, for communities around Florida and all. That's all well and good. I feel like he could get it any year. Do you know what I mean? He's already after getting a big, big thumbs up by WWE because he's hosting WrestleMania anyway. So I didn't really see the point yes. of giving him the Warrior Award. Um, and I know for 2021, then they gave it to one of their own kind of producers or something like that as well. I agree with stuff like that because these kind of guys, they're unsung heroes, I suppose, of wrestling. Do you know what I mean? With, a, with production and this, that, and the other. So I, I'm okay with him getting a Lou or whatever his name was. That's cool. But I think Titus could have got it next year and they could have gave it to Shad this year, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, next question I'm going to go with is uh, Bad Bunny, you know, we've touched on that as well recently. Um, but what's your thoughts on him and how, how well he's... I personally think he's been absolutely amazing. I wasn't mad at him when he, when he first came in, but I think he's done amazing. I just want to get your thoughts on what yeah. do you think? Oh, I think he's savage. Yeah, I was actually going to say something Spanish there, but I don't want to. I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> I was going to say one of it. Don't embarrass myself like that. Um, yeah, no, I think I think he's been literally um, a revelation. I was not expecting this much from. Him. And again, I'm not knocking the guy. Like obviously, he's a huge fan of wrestling. He always goes on about it. But this is the definition of someone coming in and. Like they have a love for the business anyway. That they come I mean, in, they're not just kind of brought in. Do you know what I mean? So he has a love for the business. Uh, they bring him in for a performance at Royal Rumble, and then he had a little moment at Royal Rumble where he jumps off the top rope. Then, if I had a finish there, so be it. It would have been just oh yeah, not kind of flash in the pan, right? There's a celebrity appearance. But according to Triple H, he's at the performance center every day, if not every second day, in the ring or chatting to the guys, learning a few bits and pieces, whether it's etiquette around the the actual company or all right the hard cams here so when i get in the ring i'll cut me promo there yeah no better 
shit like that. Like you, you can't ask for any more. Like, um, and I think especially with his promo on Raw, just gone deadly. I really liked it. You went on a bit long, but it was actually really good. And uh, like I suppose you could say it had a bit of emotional weight to it as well. Like talking about how he grew up and uh, watching wrestling with his dad and his brothers and friends and stuff. That's that's great to hear. Like, and um, like realistically, if you think of any of the celebrities. Like you look at Mike Tyson's going to be on Dynamite. I think it's tonight, maybe is it? Um, it is, yeah, Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, last time he was on Dynamite, he was falling asleep. Do you know what I mean? He's obviously there for a paper. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's a shame to see, really. Um, and even when you look at him when he was in WWE, the chap could barely do the crotch chop by DX. He was like that, holding his hands up real awkward. Yeah. He doesn't care. He really doesn't care. He likes the business. He understands it. That's about it. Leave it at that. Bad Bunny wants to improve, and. He's been great. He's been one of the highlights of Raw, to be honest with you. And I'm looking forward to seeing him at Mess Mania there. It's not nice one. Yeah, yeah no, he has. It's been like a, a breath of fresh air. I hate it. Like a lot of the celebrities coming in, I think a lot of them are just absolute fills there, kind of. When they don't know the business, whatever you want to say. And that's what it kind of felt like when he came in. But mm. as you said, like how, how much he's put in and Triple H has been saying how much he's in the performance center. I think it's fucking dead. Yeah. And um, yeah. Uh, next question then is uh, I know WrestleMania coming up and this man we've been talking about and singing his praises for the last couple of months probably is Cesaro. Um, do you think he's do you think he's been a fill to re-sign with WWE? Do you think that uh, WWE just told him and they just said, oh yeah, you're going to be this, we're going to shoot you to the moon, this, that and the other and now that he's signed, he's just going to be yeah. like, nothing again. Yeah, lost in the shuffle almost. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to say right now. Um, I think after WrestleMania, like a week or two after WrestleMania, we'll get a better scope of things with Cesaro. Um, I think he was right to sign, re-sign with WWE. And that's more for me thinking they take an age into consideration. And like obviously I'm not a wrestler around like that. But like in terms of, so I think he's 40. Um realistically you can't do it forever regardless if you win lose or draw that'll never that'll never matter to you um obviously you everyone wants to win the big one everyone wants to be on uh, wrestlemania they want a main event wrestlemania that's the three kind of goals you have i think and um i feel like with wwe he's in a comfortable place money wise i think and i feel if he does get at least one crack at the big belt i think he'd be happy enough of what he's done like if he stands back and looks at his whole career if he had gone to aw no bother at all. He could have been shoehorned right into the main event picture, I say. But again, does it bear any weight? Not really. And again, that's not me knocking AW. I love them. But realistically, their booking of the main event is a bit slapdash to me anyway. I feel like, I was only saying to Glenn, if they take out one or two, if they took out Kenny Omega and, say, Chris Jericho, you have John Moxley. That's it. You don't have any other already established main event stars. And they don't really build main event stars in AW. They're too busy building factions to me. So I I feel like he could have went in to AEW. He could have went into any company and been shoehorned into a main event picture. And again, I think it would have just fell a bit flat. So I think he's right to stay with WWE. I think he's going to have a barn burner with Seth Rollins. And I think, I honestly do think they'll give him a, a Universal Championship or a World Championship like crack at it. Um, and I think he'll he'll seize it. I honestly do think we'll see him as a champion within the next six months, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's my guess. Very bold statement, Warren Gary. Yeah. Very I, bold. Yeah, I do. I do think that. Not, not a US title or an intercontinental title, a proper yeah, WWE think, title. Yeah. yeah, I think he will. I think maybe they might do a shake-up after WrestleMania. I think he'll go to Raw 
And I think that'd be the perfect move for him because SmackDown right now obviously is stacked. Even in the mid card, it's a lot of main events, as we always touch on. Seth Rollins is a big one there. Uh, Nakamura is another one that technically could be a main event. Um, I feel if they bang him over to Raw, you have Lashley, you have Drew uh, that are in the main event picture. If Sheamus picks up the US title, he's going to stay there in the, mid- in the mid card for a bit. It's the perfect time to kind of have the likes of a Reigns jump over to Raw or a Cesaro to jump over to Raw and be like, look boys, I'm here. I, I didn't get me shot on SmackDown. I'm coming over to Raw to take it. And I think whether or not it's a long run, I think he'll win it. I think he might be more of a transitional champion at first because he the charisma is not all there for a, like for him. Like that that segment he had with Rollins, I think recently was pretty bad. I think they they put him in a bad position with that because Rollins is great on the mic and Cesaro isn't. I think that was a mistake. Um, and they just gave him these lines like, "I'll say something about the swing move." That's all it was. Just fed into his ear almost. So I felt like he, he <laughs> fell down a bit there. But uh, I do think, yeah, world champion within six months. Long or short reign is to be determined, but I think he will have it. Nice. Um, and with WrestleMania now approaching very fast, I think it'd be wrong to not talk about this man, uh, Undertaker. Um, hell of a streak. But Brock Lesnar breaking it. Do you think it was the right man to do the job? Um, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, do you think do you think he was the right man? I know Edge actually got the opportunity. I think it was WrestleMania twenty four. He was yeah. asked uh, if he how does he feel about like breaking the streak and he was like, No, I don't know. And um, why do you think Brock Lesnar was picked? Like do you know like he was just a part timer, why do you think it was given to him to break? Um I think it was given to Brock Lesnar because being a heel true and true, essentially, uh, he can shoulder that he um with taking the Undertaker streak and the fact that yeah, one, he's a part-timer, so he doesn't have to... And even if he wasn't, even if he was a full-timer and he was taking that heat as well for beating Undertaker, he it doesn't honestly bother that chap. He doesn't want to be a face at all. He doesn't want to be uh, the best in people's eyes. He doesn't care about people, full stop. And that's not a bad thing. That's that's actually a really good thing in wrestling because realistically, if you get too in tune with the fans, you'll falter at your own kind of work there as well. If you're too busy listening to other people. So I think that's the perfect person to end the streak, to be honest. Um, I was actually only saying to Glenn recently, if the likes of, say, say for example, you have a Cesaro, or just because we were talking about him, or a Seth Rollins, and they break the streak, and they're fairly young in terms of coming up in WWE, they'll always be associated with, oh, well, you just broke Undertaker's streak. Like, then even if they were a 10-time world champion, that'll, that won't be the first thing that'll be on the CV. Everyone will always be like, oh, they can almost never get behind them because they broke the streak. With, and then they'll always be against you. With Brock Lesnar, everyone's against him to begin with. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's the perfect person to end the streak. Um, I will say, though, I don't think the streak should have ended full stop. I think they should have just retired. Do you know what I mean? Just have Undertaker, like say, if he wanted to be on pay-per-views, still have him on pay-per-views, just to have him just announce that he's not doing WrestleMania anymore. That that streak needs to be put to bed. Leave at that. Um, I feel like with the years of service he put into WWE, I think they could have let him retire with that streak intact, to be honest with you. Especially like after he lost to Lesnar, I think he bet Bray Wyatt then, do you know what I mean? So he still got another win or two after. So it just didn't really make any sense to me. And then he lost again to Reigns. So it it, it got a bit muddled near the end. I feel, yeah, if they had a retired streak, re- retired Undertaker with the streaks already intact, that'd be perfect in an ideal world. But um, it on the other side of the coin, I think Lesnar was the right person to beat it. But I think then that should have been the end of it. No more matches after that at WrestleMania. Do you think this was like a long plan um, by WWE or Vince or whoever to have actually Roman take it? But as you said, um, 
Lesnar, he doesn't care about anybody. He doesn't care about getting that heat and he's only a part-timer. So by having Lesnar break that streak, the heat is following him as the, you know, a part-timer. He doesn't have to listen to it every week and that's it. The streak is broke. Let Undertaker get another winner, whatever, and then have Roman then put it to bed. So there's not as much heat on Roman then going forward then, yeah. uh, you know, having a, a, a better career. Yeah, even though he's after beating the the streak as well, he's the only full timer basically the right streak. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I did right there. I think it it was almost like um like a trial period. It feels like if like for example if if Taker had to say bet Lesnar, then the only real person to break the streak would have been Reigns. Yeah, um, how they build him, and I think actually funny enough when you look at Reigns now playing like a fantastic heel, probably one of the best in the business right now as a heel. I think what's funny about that is I remember. The Raw after WrestleMania at WrestleMania 23, when Lesnar, uh, when Reigns bet Undertaker to put the second mark on the streak, I remember he came out and literally me, Ryan, and Glenn were there. The crowd were booing for no joke. I think it was 12 to 15 minutes straight. You can still watch it. It's on the network. They were booing for 12 to 15 minutes straight. But just before Raw started, when they got the little clock timer thing saying Raw starting five minutes, booze. Everyone just booed constantly. And then, whatever, Raw started. And then Reigns' music hit constant bills like the noise of it was so loud and he gets into the ring and he didn't say a word for a good five minutes so then overall yeah sitting there about maybe nearly 15 minutes now just booing everyone was going horse and all just roaring and then he just turned around he's like it's my yard now and then walked out of the ring that would have been could have turned him heel there and then that would have been the perfect time to do it and then if you look at his work now it's like i can only imagine how good he would have been as a whole if they had a turn him heel and kept his heel run all the way up to the tribal chief it would have been deadly but um yeah, I think like nowadays Roman Reigns is more equipped to deal with the heat. But back then, even though he did throw that little heel line, you could see he wasn't ready to to show that. Do you know what I mean? So I think if yes. they had had him actually break the streak, it would have been hard for him to come back from that. Whereas Lesnar, as we said, doesn't give a shit really. Do you know what I mean? So he can carry that weight. Yeah, nice. Well, that's me done for the week. Yeah. <laughs> so until next week. <laughs> yeah. Really? Cheers for the questions again. Um yeah, yeah, once again, that was under the black hair, episode two. Um or as the Irish said. Dose. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, under the black hat episode two. Some more questions there brought forward by Daryl. Um yeah, Savage, I love kind of doing this like throwing my thoughts and opinions out there on like topics about wrestling or whatever if you want to throw any comments down in the, the comment section below if you're watching this on youtube let us know what you thought of the episode or let us know what you think of any questions from daryl um if you want even I'll, I'll bang them in the description box and you can answer them then yourself and then yeah leave a like on the video if you liked it subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and yeah wherever you get your podcast give us a follow there as well on other podcast platforms and catch us on the social media channels the discuss area on twitter discuss Larry collective on instagram and then until next time See you soon.